Barkley and for Beck today, live from West Michigan, and of course, Wood Radio WOOD, high atop West Michigan this morning, overlooking downtown Grand Rapids, in fact. And some of the headlines, you get a little bit of a hangover from the turkey, we'll fix that, we got the thing that'll cure you. It is a Beck Friday. We're talking, uh, we're talking about the crumbling narrative. You see the news stories lately, and it seems like one after the other. I don't know if like, you follow these; they they continue to crumble. Every you know why it is. Every single story you see pushed. It's not just the facts anymore. It's always pushed on you and me with a little added extra sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you what. It's not the. Uh, well, it's not. It's. It's a little extra flavor. Now, look, I understand Thanksgiving food. Maybe I might want my Thanksgiving dinner a little flavored, you know, correctly. I may want a little extra something. Well, maybe may want an extra heaping helping. When it comes to the, the news these days, y- you just want the facts. I just want the story. Not your story, but the story. Tell me what happened. And I'll figure out what happened, what it really means on my own. I'll listen to a couple of trusted folks. Maybe I'll I'll do some extra digging if I'm interested. But, you know, these days we don't get that, and it's hidden. Well, it's, it's hidden very well, precisely in what they tell you. And then, you know what? They don't tell you. Have you noticed a couple of, of big stories? In fact, I'll give you this one the other day that... that, that the narrative continues to crumble. It got to Colorado. It's a tragedy. This man comes in and attacks this nightclub. One of the pieces of this story, it just happens to be and on an alternative lifestyle, LGBTQ, a gay bar, whatever you want to call it, it just happens to be that particular type of club. Is that important? Well, I think it does matter that we need to hear that. But is that the big lead issue? Or is it the fact that innocent people were killed? They were attacked by someone who clearly had issues. That's evil. But we don't hear that anymore. We can't call it what it is. When someone does violence to someone else, that's all we need to know. That's bad enough. But no, not bad. It's it's, it's certainly not bad enough for some of the folks like CNN, MSNBC, and the rest of them. I don't know if you saw this, but CNN almost deflated as the narrative continues to crumble in their faces. But as soon as the story came out, <laughs> they they were just so upset to hear Allison Camerata. Wait a minute. This is happening in real time. Finding out that the person who the person who attacked that club, according to the attorney, identifies as non-binary. So Attorneys for the accused shooter, Anderson Lee Aldrich, say in new court filings tonight that the suspect 
now identifies as non-binary. Oh. In a footnote to a motion asserting legal privileges, the public defenders say, quote, Anderson Aldrich is non-binary. Now, I don't know. You can't see her if you're listening on the radio. Obviously, you can't see her. But I'm hoping that you can hear her. Can you hear her? Can you hear the disdain? Can you hear the disgust in her voice? She doesn't believe it. First of all, she does not believe it. They're rooting for a narrative. They're not rooting for the truth. They use they, them pronouns. And for the purposes of all formal filings, will be addressed as Mix Aldrich. So in other words, not Mr. or Ms. Joining me now, CNN political commentator Errol Lewis, also back with me, Al Franken and Joe Walsh. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, that's not anything that we had heard from his background. You know, people have been looking into his background. Oh, we didn't know that. We, we just, this, this is just a, one of those dangerous, deplorable Trump supporters. This is a MAGA American. That's what, obviously, the, the narrative is, right? You know, the narrative. The narrative, the story was, well, this is only happening because Republicans are pushing back saying that, I don't know, kids shouldn't have sexually explicit material available to them in schools. Pornography shouldn't be peddled on some of our most vulnerable in society, the most innocent. They're the ones who caused this. Those crazy, wacky Republicans. Those Christians. When the truth... I don't even know if we know the whole truth yet. The truth is that anybody that does anything like this has something really wrong with them. And we see violence happening all the time. And it's not just here in America. They want to make it all about the gun. Biden, by the way, a little bit later on, we'll talk about this. He's going for the guns again. I don't even know if he if he knew what he meant. When he said this, that he actually meant what he said, but he he's babbling, Biden babbling once again. Had a little bit too much turkey. Almost, almost in the middle of a coma yesterday. Apparently, he mentioned he wanted to come for the guns. We'll, we'll talk about that. They want to blame the gun too, but no. The truth is, is that people are sick because society is sick. If you want the ultimate truth, the real truth, you know, we live in a fallen world. Evil is real. We walk around acting like it's not. It doesn't exist. This panel believes that good is evil. Well, that sounds familiar. Where have I heard that before? And uh, I don't know if anybody here, are you guys lawyers? I no. mean, you know, I don't know if, the, I, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, that, it, that's what he's now saying. It, it sounds like they're trying to prepare a defense against a hate crimes charge. That's oh. the least of his problems, oh, legally that's speaking. It but it looks like they're trying to build some kind of sympathy or at least confusion on the question so, of whether or not this was purely motivated by hate. Errol Lewis, a political commentator I've never heard of because I don't really watch a lot of CNN until this moment. He gets paid to talk about this. He gets paid to have these opinions. He gets paid to push the narrative. He says, and this makes no sense whatsoever, because you got murder charges. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether they were, they were hate crimes or it doesn't matter what they are. You're, you're going to jail for a very long time. And in some places you may face the death penalty. You may get the chair or whatever they use these days. 
Errol says, no, this is just the attorneys trying to garner some sympathy. I mean, that is what it sounds like. We'll wait to see. Yeah. Garner some sympathy for the attacker. This isn't the only story, folks. You, 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 think, you think that's all I got? No, no. What about, did you, you remember the Walmart attack that happened? It happened a day or so after the attack in Colorado. What about the Walmart attack? Turns out that story disappeared from the news cycle really quickly. But do you know why? Well, some are still covering it, but once they had a mugshot and they had, wow. Oh, the truth behind who actually perpetrated the thing and what really happened behind the scenes Everything was off, and they have to shift and switch as quickly as they can. But you know what? Much of this doesn't matter because the damage is already done. A lot of what you hear in the news first is false. Just remember that. Whether that's by intention or just by the fact they're trying to scramble to get out the details as quick as they can, a lot of what comes out first is false. That's why narratives like this tend to crumble. But why are they pushing these narratives in the first place? We'll talk more about that. Plus, you can join us today on the Glenn Beck program. We're listening uh, anywhere you're watching, listening to the program today. You can join us, uh, 888-727-BECK, B-E-C-K. That's the phone lines. Love to hear especially if you're out getting some Black Friday shopping done, getting some deals. Oh, I got stories about that as well today. They say they think it's going to be, despite Biden inflation, despite the economy, they think it's going to be... A big Black Friday. Well, it's Beck Friday here. We'll continue with more. It's Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program. Back after this. The narrative continues to crumble, and it's no surprise because it's not the truth. What is the narrative? Well, it's a story. Another another word for story. I remember when I was a kid, I used to hear, are you telling stories? <laughs> in other words, you telling fibs? You telling Lies? Ah, that's what half of the time we hear when we turn on the news. You really can't believe most of what you hear. You have to come to the table, I guess, with a little ticket with a grain of salt. As skeptical, I would say, is a good way to put it. Revealed cops find manifesto on Walmart shooter's phone outlining his unhappiness at recent change to his employment status. This is from the Daily Mail. They say he was angry toward colleagues who were, quote, harassing him. Neighbor says he left in silence to slaughter six. His mugshot reveals that Andre Bing was not a well man. Bing disgruntled a manager, just happens to be black. That's why you haven't seen his mugshot plastered all over the media. And no, I'm not racist for telling you that. They're racist for having different ways of handling these things. They're wrong because they have narratives that they want to push. You know who, who really suffers because of this 
you, me, the American people, because we're not really facing the truth. What really matters is we do have mental health issues in this country. No, but they, they push that. In fact, you see mental health issues, crises celebrated on a daily basis. We ought to elevate these voices, they'll say. People who have real problems. I mean, look, you don't have to look much further than people who are clearly delusional. They're getting uh, most of the airtime these days. I mean, you listen to, to cable news networks, you watch with it, and a lot, of, a lot of those delusional folks are in Washington, D.C. as well. Here's more on the story. A neighbor of being described the moment the killer left his rampage and silent. One of the victims often argued with his manager, Bing, about working weekends. His neighbor telling Daily Mail, disgruntled manager walking into the break room of the superstore in Chesapeake, Virginia, before opening fire, killing six other workers in a terrifying attack on Tuesday night, they said. FBI agents swooping in on a three-bedroom, $300,000 property where he lived alone on Tuesday night. Locals described seeing SWAT team using a battering ram. Pictures show authorities searching a shed at the rear of the property and removing bags full of clothing. Andre Bing. I think he's, I think he's dead now, too. I think he turned the gun on himself later on. And it, it uh, you know, it just completely conflicts with the narrative that they're pushing. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Folks, that's not it. I got another story here. This one from The Blaze, theblaze.com. Liberals blame homophobia for man on video tossing brick at gay club in New York City. Police arrested a gay man for the crime. Now... I won't give you too much of my commentary. I'll just tell you what I saw on Twitter for this and some of the other different places. They have video, surveillance video of some man tossing a, a, a brick, what appears to be a man, we'll say that. Never know these days. But it appears to be a man tossing a brick through the window of this gay bar in New York City. And Twitter erupted with thoughts because they immediately said this must have been a hate crime. This must have been homophobia. Run amok. Twitter immediately erupted with their conjectures on. <laughs> I just, I, I hate to say this, but they, 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 they did. They, they called this on Twitter. They ran amok with their conjectures on what, on the sexual uh, proclivities of this uh, individual by, by, uh, by the way he threw the brick. They looked at his arm, and they said, you know, it kind of looks like Dr. Fauci throwing that first pitch in baseball. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know if you can really get that from this, but turns out they had uh, they had spectacular, well, we'll just call that uh, six sets. They they were able to, to to call it on Twitter. So so another instance, I, I only tell you this because, it's story after story after story here. It is story after story that we are constantly being pushed or prodded or poked or nudged or shoved even into this division in America. Now, who would want to do that? Why would they want to do that? 
That's the real question. Why are we constantly being divided in this country? When I think, you know, I don't know about you, but I got together and we had a great Thanksgiving with the family. There wasn't any division. There wasn't any fights. I don't know. Maybe your family there was. I mean, maybe it's a little different, but it was pretty calm. All was calm, peaceful, silent turkey night. That's kind of what we had. I think most, if you talk to your neighbors, most folks get along with their neighbors. Regardless, even some that have signs up right next to you don't agree with. I I, uh, went through that with the election cycle. But folks, I I tell you, this division is intentional. They're after something. It's directly from a blueprint, a playbook, in fact, that we will discuss next. We'll roll it out and tell you, in fact, how to fight against this because the time has never been more important. It's Beck Friday. We continue in for Glenn Beck today. It's Justin Barkley live from West Michigan, Grand Rapids, and Wood Radio on the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. It's called Divide and Conquer. There's a reason we're being pushed further and further apart. There's a reason why most of these mainstream media outlets are pushing certain narratives, stories, and pushing us into boxes, shoving us away from each other on a daily basis. The narrative is crumbling. They're getting caught here and there. Maybe there's a little hope with Elon Musk uh, buying Twitter. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of hope that you'll start to see. In fact, what did he did he fact check Twitter? <laughs> did you see this the other day? He fact checked uh, the president, the White House. I think he fact checked Biden's Twitter account on 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 something. I had to pull that up here in a little bit. We'll talk a little bit more on Twitter as he's now revealed amnesty. Well, not that kind. He wants Twitter amnesty. They're going to bring back all of these old uh, banned and suspended accounts, open them up. And he's also been talking about behind the scenes. He said, you will not believe what we've uncovered when it comes to the censorship. In other words, this is the way for them to craft their narrative, suppress the truth, and, of course, keep you in the dark, keep you, your family, and your neighbors divided so they can conquer. Let's talk about what's really happening, of course, how we can fight back and talk to the guy who wrote the book on it all. Who was Karl Marx? The men, the motives, and the menace behind today's rampaging American left. Jim Simpson joins us right now. Jim, I appreciate you being here with us today. How are you, my friend? Hey, Justin. How are you? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We just talked, and I don't know if you were able to hear any of this earlier, but we just talked about the continuing crumbling of the narrative Particularly in several different news stories, in, in um, well, in the in the case in 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 Colorado, the person who attacked that uh, alternative lifestyle bar, the gay bar in Colorado, that individual, the attorney coming out and saying, identifies as non-binary. The the other uh, was the uh, the liberals blaming homophobia for the man who tossed a, a brick through a, a window of a gay bar in New York City. Police 
arrested that man. He was gay. Uh, there, there's just story after story now that that, that we're, we're walking through, and it, the, the narrative continues to crumble. If you wait long enough, that usually happens. The truth does come out. But I want to really talk to you about this today, about why this is happening behind the scenes. It seems like we are being more divided now more than ever before, and I don't think Americans really are necessarily that divided in a lot of ways, but they continue to try to push us further apart. Why is this happening? You've got the playbook. You wrote the book on some of this stuff. Walk us yeah. down that path. Well, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not a new strategy. It's just a, a, an un, a, a strategy people aren't used to when it comes to warfare. I mean, I, I describe this what's going on as a form of military offensive against America. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, divide and conquer is old as the hills, but divide and conquer doesn't, hasn't, or maybe hasn't in the past taken this form where uh, people's beliefs are questioned, uh, people's ideas are questioned, and then they're attacked, mm -hmm. and it's very one-sided. So, you know, I was looking, for example, this morning at the fact that um, Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips of True the Vote, who helped produce uh, the movie 2000 Mules, uh, were just released from jail. They had been jailed because they refused to cite the source for their accusation that this election company, Konek, had stored information about millions of its of election workers at a server in China. And so uh, the Fifth Circuit Court uh, roundly uh, excoriated the lower court for arresting them on on the basis of the fact that they wouldn't provide that information. I mean, it's stunning. And uh, yet at the same time, uh, Engelbrecht and Phillips took their information to none other than George Gascon, the, the attorney in uh, the district attorney in Los Angeles, who's been letting everybody go, you know, the guy who believes that people uh, on their side shouldn't be in jail at all. And, of course, um, they had originally arrested uh, the head of Konek on the base, uh, claiming that he had uh, embezzled money from them and violated their contract by storing this information in China. And, um, and now they've dropped all charges. And the L.A. Times proudly boasts uh, that the prosecutor that Engelbrecht and uh, Phillips talked to, who was uh, an assistant, uh, was put on leave. Uh, and here's the here's the uh, uh, headline. L.A. prosecutor puts on leave, put on leave over questionable case sparked by election conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, they talk about, uh, you know, uh, uh, true the vote and, 
weekend about through the vote as a Texas-based nonprofit that has fomented conspiracy theories about mm-hmm. the 2020 presidential election. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, and, and it's insane. I'm, I'm very glad they got out of jail. They should have never been put in jail in the first place. I mean, that's an example of how corrupt our system has become that a court literally goes after them for bringing this information forward, this critical information, which everybody should be concerned about. And they go after them because they won't provide the name of the person who provided that information. And, uh, and then not, not only that, but then they discredit them by calling this all election conspiracy theories. But I want to ask a question. Uh, what about... You know, I I ran for uh, a state representative uh, um, district uh, this this year in heavily Democratic Maryland, and I actually managed to get some crossover votes, but I didn't win, of course. And uh, at one of the events, somebody walked up to me and said, are you an election denier? And I said, (laughs) uh, you mean like Hillary? <laughs> you know, I mean. Well, but Democrats. Jim, I got to ask you because you've you've named a couple of different things. Because these are tactics that are being used, and maybe you talk a yeah. little bit more about this in your book. Jim Simpson with us right now. He wrote the book "Who Is Karl Marx." Uh, my my question is, you know, this this whole election denier thing. This is another strategy or tactic of naming name calling people elections. And nobody denies there was an election. We just have questions right. about how we got here. And you know, even when I was in school. I remember the, the teacher in math saying, hey, you know, uh, you got to show your work. In other words, I see your answer, but I want to know how you got here. We want to see why can't we lift up the hood and, and, and see what what the heck is going on. People that, that ask those questions, they're the real problem, apparently. Uh, people that ask questions at all. In fact, yeah. these are who these Marxists have problems with. Break yeah. that down, Jim. Why is that? Well... You know, I, I I don't say, you know, we talk about this uh, 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 suppression of conservative thought. I, I, I really dispute that characterization. It's not suppression of con, uh, conservative thought or views. It's suppression of the truth. Mm. They don't want the truth coming out. You know, uh, William F. Buckley called conservatism the ideology of truth and his colleagues uh, Kirk Russell, uh, Russell Kirk, rather, called it uh, the ideology of no ideology. And that's the way I've always looked at it. You know, I mean, for 30 years, uh, well, for 20 years, I've been writing. For much longer than that, I've been researching. And, you know, when I went to college, I learned when you want to make a claim, you support it with facts, mm. you know, and you cite those facts. And as you know, uh, that's what I did in my book. Uh, I don't uh, come up with any conspiracy theories. I don't come up with anything that hasn't been, you know, properly vetted. And yet I'm a conspiracy theorist just for (laughs) making those claims, making those statements, bringing them up, you know, And, and, and it goes all the way back to Lenin, who said we must write in a language that inspires hate, revulsion, and scorn mm-hmm. toward those who disagree with us. 
towards those who disagree. So he, he didn't care if what they were saying was true or not. They, they disagree with them, and therefore they got to go. And, of course, once the Marxists get in, in power, as they did in the Soviet uh, Russia under the Bolsheviks, uh, they don't merely suppress the truth. They just take those people and uh, disappear them. Yeah, the the history uh, is is clear. This does not yeah. this does not go anywhere you want to go. This this ends in a very yeah. bad way. But let me ask you this, because maybe we've learned some of those things through history. Maybe we've learned a thing or two, and in the book that that we can learn how to fight back. What do we do to fight back? Jim Simpson, take a quick break here, and we come back. Let's tackle that subject because I think it's. Let's talk turkey. I mean, I think it's something that we all need to know and, and, and include in our plans as we uh, we we move forward here and and try to take this country back. Who was Karl Marx? Is the name of the book? The men, the motives, and the menace behind today's rampaging American left. It's Barclay and Forbeck today. We continue after this on the Glenbeck program. The Glenbeck program. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. That's triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Join the program at any time. Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. We're talking with Jim Simpson. He is the author of Who Was Karl Marx? The Men, the Motives, the Menace Behind Today's Rampaging American Left. One of the things we're seeing is the war on truth. Uh, biggest issues. The numbers. Uh, the narratives continue to crumble when you see what the news media might be pushing here or there, and, and the stories every day. There's 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 something new. But it's not just the, the battle of words, the war of words. That's 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 where it starts, but then it ends in stories like this. One in four Americans say they won't be having Thanksgiving because they can't afford it this year. A national rail strike viewed as increasingly inevitable. All these will cover on the way, and, of course, election issues and, and more. Jim, I just want to ask you, how do we fight back when it comes to the, the issues that we're facing, particularly this war on truth? Yeah, well, you know, this is something that I've really advocated for decades. Uh, when Fox News first started and made astronomical growth, it demonstrated to me that people were starved for the truth because they had been getting the same old nonsense from the mainstream media for decades, and while they might have not known, you know, what the real truth was, everybody kind of sensed that they were getting played. And so when Fox came on and started actually reporting the truth, it, they experienced astronomical growth. Now, of course, Fox is kind of veered left somewhat and is now kind of tends to follow the media to to a certain extent, that's a, that's a shame. Uh, you know, they don't really delve deep into the uh, 2020 election, for example, uh, except for maybe, uh, you know, Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram. Uh, and, and, of course, um, they... Uh, uh, you you know I gotta I gotta say because we, we only got like a minute left here but yep yep give me some clear cut so steps what can we do because yeah. I think you got a great point yeah so so well first of all I mean Elon Musk uh, his takeover of Twitter and what he's doing with it 
is one example, but we need a lot more of those kinds of things. Uh, I've long advocated that, you know, some billionaire uh, or a group of billionaires purchase one of the networks because, unfortunately, most people still get their news from the networks. or And, and so they're still getting fed a line. And people are afraid to buck the system because uh, they get marginalized by their own neighbors, friends, by their own family. And then the other, so we need to do more to build a viable uh, network that will actually report the news, you know. And then the other thing that we need to do, which we're already doing, and Ron DeSantis is leading the way on that, is create a parallel society that goes back to our constitutional roots, that enforces the law, that clamps down on censorship and doesn't allow it. And, Jim, Jim uh, Simpson, I appreciate it. Jim, I got to run because uh, we're, we're up against the hard break here. I appreciate you, though. Who was Karl Marx? Is the book, The Men, the Motives, and the Menace Behind Today's Rampaging American Left. He's right about those networks. But what about a whole other type of network? A network of family, friends, sharing the truth with each other. And, of course, there's always the blaze. And for Glenn Beck today, Justin Barkley on the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. celebrating maybe doing a little bit of the uh shopping we appreciate you taking us uh with you or wherever you are justin barkley in for glenn beck today and we're covering some of the biggest stories in fact what is happening down in arizona are they still counting votes i i can't imagine we'll get the latest in an update on that plus some of the other biggest stories of the day speaking of accounting where's all that money gone for the ftx folks and Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, Ukraine wanting an account of some of the money gone there. 10% for the big guy. We'll be back in just a moment after this on the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, welcome back in. You can... Follow me. You can hang out. You can uh, tweet, whatever you want to call that, right? On Twitter, at Mr. Justin Barkley, and all the social media places as well. Uh, we will uh, continue to spread the truth. By the way, speaking of the truth, the narrative continues to crumble. It's, it's a bit flaky, like a good pie crust ought to be, at least. 
<laughs> day after Thanksgiving. The uh, the narrative continues to crumble. We go down to Arizona and check in in just a little bit with the latest stories out of Arizona. But how about this? One in four Americans say they won't be having Thanksgiving dinner because they can't afford it. Bidenflation, the economy, all of it so bad that uh, apparently it's wreaked real havoc on Thanksgiving dinner. Now we had now. I do think costs were up. I didn't do a lot of the uh, the shopping for the Thanksgiving uh, dinner. We go to a, a relative's friend's house, so I'm, I'm not like watching that. But you know, costs on everything are up, particularly on fuel, so gas, but mostly uh, r- real problems with diesel. Why? Because with diesel is what powers to get everything to you. Everything all across the country, and in fact, across the globe, it's got, it runs on diesel, which I guess is, you know, now more than ever, the shortages and the issues with supply chain, but also production, oh, and refining, and all the other problems they've had with the supply and demand has just gone through the roof. You know, even in some places, you may have seen gas go down a little bit. Look at diesel. It's really... It ought to be a concern for a lot of folks. But you just don't buy the diesel. You don't think about it, most folks, anyway. Bidenflation in Biden's economy, the real turkey is the prices. Stuffing up 69%, uh, rolls up 22%, pumpkin pie up 22%, turkey, which is the biggest item on your Thanksgiving plate, not surprisingly, up 21%, also up $5, a fully a third of that increase. Yeah, uh, uh, everything. You're, you're, you're paying more for everything this Thanksgiving. 20% increases, they say, and literally across the board, even on Morning Show, they can't deny it. Let's turn to your charts in the story of Thanksgiving. Uh, inflation is hitting people who are going to go out shopping today to buy their turkey and their mashed potatoes and everything else. Prices up 20% for a dinner this year, it sounds yeah. like, almost. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's pretty amazing. They're up 18%. Uh, up to $81.31, which you can see in the chart, in, in the bar chart in the middle there. Uh, and was la- I, just a year ago, was 68.72. This is to f- feed a family of 10. 20%. 20%. And you imagine a quarter of people say they're not going to have, they're just not going to eat. And it, it's not going to have Thanksgiving this year and I and I guess they did it but what about Black Friday you know I, this is strange we'll have to wait and see what the numbers look like but this is strange how about this they, they think that Black Friday sales are going to be through the roof people are going to come out in numbers this year the, more than ever before and the reason they say this is because things are so bad I don't mean the lab but it's it's real things are so bad that people are coming out for the deals. They're trying to save some money. Now, that on top of everything else, we have this threat of this national rail strike. He thought the diesel was issued bad with plane trains, automobiles, you name it. Diesel runs it. National rail strike viewed as increasing, increasingly inevitable. Now, I thought Biden fixed this. Don't you remember before the uh, the election, he had it all taken care of. He swooped in just in time for the election. 
And there was this uh, there was this rail strike issue just was looming, and they said, "Oh no, no, he's got it solved. He's got it solved." That's not the word now, and it could come between now and Christmas, which could really put a big dent on the holiday cheer. National freight rail strike from Breitbart here, viewed as increasingly inevitable as four rail worker labor unions have rejected a tentative agreement with rail companies. So, and, and, and the way this works is if, I guess, if any of them have a problem with it, if any of them have a real issue with it, then they're all off and they're all out. This could put a real damper on the holiday. You won't even get coal in your stocking. You'll get nothing. You remember that song? You're getting nothing for Christmas. You remember that? That's yeah. I hate to say it, but that might be that might be a reality. But folks, it's not just Christmas presents. I know that's what they like to talk about, but more than anything, you're talking about food. Perishables. Getting food to the plates of, of folks. I mean, real issues. And energy costs are through the roof. You know, we've seen all of that. But just in time for Thanksgiving dinner, I don't know if you saw this. They got mocked mercilessly for this over the, uh, the, uh, the, the holiday here. But Biden's folks, Ron Klain, in fact... White House Chief of Staff put out a handy dandy note. It's talking points. This is this is incredible to me. And it really shows you how bad things actually are. They gave supporters, they gave liberals, folks who are just real, real everyday, everyday average Joe's, not not like the Joe that's in in the residence. But they gave him they gave him cheat sheets like they give Joe. They give him the cheat sheet. Well, you, you you've seen those, right? Where they they got to give him a sheet on, on what to say and where to go now. Now stand over here and now shake hands with the, the air. You know, <laughs> you you've seen him do it. I know a number of times. Well, they gave Americans a cheat sheet. Talking points. Talking points for Thanksgiving dinner. This is what Ron Klain tweets. One last item for your Thanksgiving dinner. Some talking points. When that uncle comes at you about POTUS. Oh, and they are just absolutely crazy. Again, we were just talking about fuel. Tackling inflation and lowering costs. Everything on the table costs more, by the way. Everything. We just went through that. Some people are not even willing, able to have uh, Thanksgiving because they can't afford it. Gas prices down $1.35 since June. Inflation is moderating. These are all just like these crazy lies that they say and they smile. Everybody drinking the Kool-Aid. This Kool-Aid is delicious. Unsnarling supply chains to lower the cost of goods. This is what I guess Biden's been doing behind the scenes. Other than sniffing hair and eating ice cream cones. This is what he's been doing. Saving Americans with hearing loss. Up to $3,000 on hearing aids. Give me a break. Tackling junk fees that cost Americans billions, like surprise overdraft fees. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, everybody's overdrafting right now because they got no money in their pockets. They got no money in their accounts. Well, it didn't, <clears throat> it didn't go well. 
Let's just put it that way. The talking points did not persuade critics on social media. If somebody pulls this sheet out of Thanksgiving dinner, you're fully justified in catapulting them into the nearest body of water, Ben Shapiro said. How about instructions for rigging 10,000-volt dining room chairs for anybody who whips out talking points at Thanksgiving dinner? David Burge said on Twitter. Lots of these all on the blaze. You can find by the way, if you want to go check that out, theblaze.com. Biden off for his little Thanksgiving holiday. Did you, did you see, and I guess he's in Nantucket. Did you see the, the parade call? It did not go well. I watched this live and I guess they get the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade. They're marching down the street and they go to this woman who is a reporter there standing on the, the street, the side of the street. And she's supposed to get a call for the president. And it does not go well. Well, it goes as bad as well as you can expect. I'll play that for you coming up next. And you can join me speaking of those tweets over on Twitter and anywhere else on social media at Mr. Justin Barkley. It's back in just a moment for Beck Barkley on the Glenn Beck program. Well, this this wasn't the craziest thing. The the worst thing that that he did uh, uh, over the the break so far. Biden making the call to the parade route, and it goes about as well as you can expect. It's pure chaos. <laughs> reporter with a look on her face. It's just silence. She said hello, and there's nothing happening. The band's marching and playing going on behind her. She's just got this look on her face. Deer in headlights. Like, oh gosh, is he there? <laughs> I don't think I can hear you. Can you hear me, Mr. President? Yeah. Can you hear him? That's him and Dr. Jill in the background, and they're talking to each other like, I don't know, I don't know what to do here. What? It's like the first time they've encountered a telephone. Yeah. yeah. Hello? Happy Thanksgiving, Mr. President. Are you there? <laughs> I should I should not be laughing. This is not funny. By the way, you remember that that the, the commercial, the big the political commercial they did back in the day? Who do you want? Four o'clock in the morning, getting that phone call or whatever it was. You remember that? Who do you want? What, what was it? Ten o'clock in the morning getting the call for the Macy's? This guy can't even take that call. In it and and he has Dr. Jill right beside his handlers right there with him. And Dr. Jill can't even, they, they can't figure, they can't figure this phone call thing. But listen, he's also got the nuclear codes. Can hear you. Can you hear me, Mr. President? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Hello? Oh. Happy Thanksgiving, Mr. President. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're here. We're here. Oh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was so worried this call wasn't going to go through. How are you? <sighs> just, just, just worried about that call. Don't worry about the nuclear codes or any of the other call. It's just, it's, it's unthinkable. It's unthinkable. All of it. It's, it, this is the, the commander in chief, the leader of the free world. 
And uh, they can't figure out how to work a phone. Now, listen, I understand he's older, that these phone calls and the networks and all that stuff, it can be tough. I've, you know, I've, we're doing one now. You know, I, I'm here in Grand Rapids, Michigan at WOOD. It's Wood Radio, West Michigan. And somehow we're connected via the miracle of modern technology to Dallas, Texas, and the uh, the Glenn Beck uh, Studios there, and they've got you know Mercury Studios. They've got everything you know wired in, and sometimes it's tough. I get it, but this is even. It's, he was asked something. I think that this is even more disturbing because he doesn't know what he's saying, and he doesn't know where he is half the time anyway. But here he is saying he wants to ban. Semi-automatic weapons, basically. That's essentially what he's saying here. Semi, semi-automatic. Now, if you're if you're not a gun person, let me just explain to you. Nearly every handgun that's out there, nearly every. You know, now there's some revolvers that are being used and folks that carry, but nearly every handgun that's being used whether it be the you know the police officer or just the average joe that's carrying it's carrying a chances are pretty much going to be a semi-automatic what does that mean it just means that you pull the trigger one bullet comes out pull the trigger another bullet comes out as many as you have inside your magazine now, you know, I'm not an expert in the field, but I think I know a little bit more, at least, than Joe about this particular subject. He's saying that those weapons are a problem. Does he want us going back to the muskets? What? The idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick. It's just sick. It has no, no social redeeming value. Zero. None. Say that to the woman was able to stop an attacker. She was able to fend off an attacker and stop a rape in progress. You're saying there's no social, no redeeming value of these, these weapons, people being able to defend themselves. Say that to the woman who is, is being threatened domestic violence with an ex. It is the great equalizer. She's able to protect herself. Say that in any number of the cities, Democrat-run, blue cities, Philadelphia, Detroit, St. Louis, all across the country in these liberal strongholds where crime is through the roof. Tell them that they don't have a right to defend themselves or their children? There's no social redeeming value? The idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick. It's just sick. It has no, no social redeeming value. Zero. None. Not a single solitary rationale for I wonder if he's going to instruct the Secret Service to stop carrying them as well. I just, what do we go back to? Swords? Should we, should we duel with, with swords or something? Or knives? I mean, what? What what is he asking people to do? Maybe a maybe a slingshot. Maybe that's what we should we should use for now on. Uh, uh, like I said, the parade audio 
was bad, but not nearly as bad. And by the way, he probably misspoke there. He he probably didn't. I I don't honestly. I don't know what he meant because I don't think he knew what he meant. But he's standing in front of a fire station while he's having his conversation, and I I wonder, you know. I wonder what the ultimate goal and the ultimate plan is. Here in Michigan, I can tell you, we have a, for the first time in, in, in decades, completely Democrat-controlled executive house and Senate. And the first, one of the first issues they plan on tackling our horrible governor here, Gretchen Whitmer, is guns. Gun control. So how do you fend off the crazy, creepy weirdo that wants to sniff your child's hair <laughs> apparently it won't be with a semi-automatic weapon that is that's not how he wants it done i guess we're going back to the sticks and stones uh yeah we're checking in with arizona coming up as well folks are going to get a little bit of a report of what's happening down in arizona i think they're still counting votes yeah how's that possible the Glenn Back Program. You ever notice any of these folks that uh, they want to ban guns or any of these people in Washington, D.C., any of these folks who are in, uh, let's say, let's call the regressive left, you know, any of these people they have a better idea of what you want to do with your life or what needs to be done, and they want to tell you what to do. Any of these people, they, 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 none of these folks are experts. We were told to follow the experts for years. Now it's been follow the experts, listen to the experts. Oh, of course, we know what that means. Let's listen to their experts. <laughs> They're approved experts spouting the approved narrative. Listen to those folks. Don't they'll pay no attention to the actual experts. Well, you, you get some guy like Joe Biden who's out there talking about uh, banning all semi-automatic weapons, as he puts it. You know, basically, he can't, he can't believe, he can't believe that these things are still allowed out there. And, of course, you know what he meant. He meant, he meant probably meant automatic. Actually, probably did, but I don't know. I don't even know if he knows what he meant. The idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick. It's just sick. And yep, have your security, give them up for it. All these people are calling for this. They ought, to, they ought to set the example, have their security, give them up first. Barkley and for Beck today. No, it's not. It's never going to happen, and it, it shouldn't happen. They ought to be secured. But you also ought to have a chance and a right to be able to to, uh, to defend yourself as well. Is it this? This is just reasonable, is it not? Yeah, it's it's what we're talking about. These things are just re speaking of unreasonable though. Out in Arizona, where I still believe I don't, I think they're still counting votes. So somebody just made the comment. And a message to me, and by the way, if you want to send me a message, I'm at Mr. Justin Barkley everywhere on social media. You can uh, you can text me. You can go to my website, justinbarkley.com. Find out how to get a hold of me, justinbarkley.com. But somebody just sent me a message saying, you know, Ryan Seacrest, 
<laughs> he can count 12 million votes in a commercial break, but Arizona is still counting? It, it really, it's just, it. it's beyond the imagination. How is this even possible? You know, of course, these are the same people, story after story of problems when they went to vote the same day on election day, story after story, major issues. It's, it's so, it's so blatant. And unfortunately, one of the things that it, it accomplishes, one of the things that it really does is it uh, disenfranchises people. Carrie Lake saying, hey, we are still in the fight. We will not give up. You got to love the, the fact that she's willing to fight. And that she calls it like it is. Hey, Arizona, Carrie Lake here. I wanted to reach out to you to let you know that I am still in this fight with you. For two years, I've been sounding the alarm about our broken election system here in Arizona. And this past week has confirmed everything we've been saying. When we called for Katie Hobbs to recuse herself over a year ago, they ridiculed us. It turns out we were right. The fox was guarding the hen house, and because of that, voters have been disenfranchised. When we raised concerns and I filed a lawsuit months ago to get rid of the electronic voting machines, they said we were crazy. Well, it turns out we were right. On election day, nearly half of all polling locations had problems with tabulating machines and printers. Mm. Malfunctioning tabulation machines forced voters to wait in line for hours to exercise their sacred right to vote. I talked to voters who waited in line for hours. One man told me he went to a location and there was a three-hour line because the tabulators weren't working. He drove 15 miles to another location and the printers weren't working. Uh. He drove another 15 miles and was finally able to cast his vote, but he's not sure it counted. Now, how many people just gave up and said, I'm going home? How many people that, that came? And this is all same day, day of voting. These tend to be more Republican voters and, and particularly Carrie Lake voters. How many of them were turned away? Story after story after story. There should never be an issue with any of the transparency or accountability when it comes to elections whatsoever. I'm not denying there was an election. Just asking questions. I, I think we all ought to be able to do that. We we, we can't ask questions anymore. That's a problem. Well, I've got a big question. What the heck is going on in Maricopa County? The Maricopa County recorder, Stephen Richer, as a PAC, it's a political action committee, he's raising money. This guy has a PAC. He's one of the founding members of the partisan PAC that is uh, supporting basically never Trumpers. It's an anti-Trump pack. Now he claims to be a reporter, a Republican, probably from the McCain side of things down there. Calls it the pro-democracy Republican pack. Maricopa County recorder Stephen Richer coming under increasing scrutiny after the botched election in Maricopa County, leading some to question his founding and operation of that PAC, the stated mission to support pro-democracy Arizona Republicans who reject conspiracy theorists and demagoguery 
from candidates who maintain the 2020 presidential election in Arizona was stolen. Well, if, if you believe that or if you want to support that, you probably shouldn't be running elections. Is it legal? Hell, it looks like for all intents and purposes, maybe it was. Should it be? It's a whole other question. The story of the Arizona Sun-Times brings up the point that at the end of the day, at the very least, it's unethical. At the very least, there should never be a question about our elections. Blood has been spilled. People have died for this right for us to take part in these elections. So we had originally planned on talking to Secretary of State candidate nominee Mark Fincham. We have a hard time getting a hold of him. If we do get him on the phone, we'll get an update on what's happening down there. But the story out of the Arizona Sun-Times says, while Richard's PAC claims to support Republicans, it has received money from a man who donates to almost exclusively Democrats. Well, wait a second. Wait a minute here. What? No, this is this is bipartisan. This is nonpartisan. Francis Nafaji gave twenty thousand dollars to his PAC, sixty thousand to the Arizona Democrat Party, and fifty-three hundred to Democrat Arizona Senator or Secretary of State Katie Hobbs running for governor. By the way, you talk about an appearance of impropriety. Why is this woman who is the Secretary of State allowed to run the election in which she is running for governor? Now, if it's not against the law, that's one thing. But these folks who claim that there's nothing to see here and that everyone who thinks that there is is just some wacky tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorist, Every one of those folks is just a little off in the head, so to speak. She's running her own election. She had the opportunity to step down. But, of course, she wouldn't. And they're still counting the votes. Our election officials failed us miserably. What happened to Arizonans on Election Day is unforgivable. Tens of thousands of Maricopa County voters were disenfranchised. Now, I am busy here collecting evidence and data. Rest assured, I have assembled the best and brightest legal team, and we are exploring every avenue to correct the many wrongs that have been done this past week. I'm doing everything in my power to right these wrongs. My resolve to fight for you is higher than ever. This movement started in Arizona, and it quickly expanded to all 50 states. It's a movement of mama bears and papa bears and students and Arizonans who love this country, who want secure borders, who want schools that prepare their children for the real opportunities that are out there. It's a movement of Arizonans who want safe streets once again and want the drug crisis to come to an end. It's a movement of Arizonans who want prosperity and the pursuit of happiness. That movement is stronger than it ever has been. And I can promise you one thing. This fight to save our republic has just begun. I tell you what, she says she's not going anywhere. I love you, Arizona, and I love you, America. I love the fact that Katie or that uh, Carrie Lake is in the fight and she won't back down. 
I love that. I just, I got to tell you, folks, this is a, this is a tough situation. How do you fix? Well, some of the things that are happening behind the scenes we'll talk about, but it's not just in Arizona. There are other places that uh, things are moving. In fact, near the border. We'll get the latest update on that. Should we get Secretary of State candidate Mark Fincham on the line? We'll get the update from Arizona as well. It's Barkley in for Beck today. We continue on the Glenn Beck program back after this. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Yep, it is Barclay back in for back today on the Glenn Beck program, 888-727-BECK. That's 888-727-BECK. You can join the program at any time. Lots happening down south in Arizona. We just touched on a few things and updates over the break. But did you see the latest at the border? Kevin McCarthy, who hopes to be the uh, Speaker of the House, has gone down, GOP leader, going down to the border, demanding the resignation of Secretary Department of Homeland Security Mayorkas. He says he he ought to resign or be impeached. If Secretary Mayorkas does not resign, House Republicans will investigate every order, every action, and every failure will determine whether we can begin impeachment inquiry. Uh, determine whether we turn that a little bit stronger. I would like to say we're going to, you can resign or face impeachment. He's been a complete failure. They tell you over and over again that the border, there's nothing to see here. Everything's fine. Alejandro Mayorkas. The secretary ought to be impeached. Resign or face impeachment hearings. Those are the choices. Cat McCammock, the uh, the representatives from Florida, talking down at the border about what she's witnessed. Good afternoon. I proudly represent the Sunshine State, and a lot of people have asked me, what are you doing in Texas? Well, this is not my first border trip. I've been here several times. And every time I think that it's going to get better, it's actually getting worse. See, on my very first trip to the border, I met a nine-year-old little girl. She tried to tell me her name, but she couldn't. Her vocal cords had given out because she was screaming so loud while being raped Mm. repeatedly. By cartel members. Folks, it's horrific. What is happening on the border, and and none of this, none of this is really getting the attention or the coverage that it deserves, is an absolute humanitarian crisis. And the humanitarian crisis that, that can be solved. But for political reasons, Democrats, Mayorkas, The rest of it. By the way, the same guy who's colluding with big tech to shut you down and censor you 
has got the border wide open. Senator Josh Hawley giving him, raking him over the coals the other day. Without objection, I'd like to enter the, this article called The Truth Cops, published in The Intercept. Uh, here's my question then. If, if you're not censoring speech and if you're not treating Americans as domestic terrorists, then why is it that you're pressuring big tech to treat American citizens as if they're threats to the homeland? Why are you pressuring them to censor speech. Yeah. Let, let me just let me just take let's take a look at some new documents that have come to light that show what your administration is doing, this administration is doing to censor speech. Let's take a look at this email from July 16th, 2021. It's over my shoulder here. Facebook emailing HHS saying, "I know our team's met today to better understand the scope of what the White House expects from us on misinformation going forward." Are you familiar with that email? No. Let's try another one. And we all are now, by the way. And and guess who else is? Twitter. In fact, Elon Musk has said something very interesting on Twitter. We have it all. <laughs> what happened here at Twitter is very concerning, and it's all starting to come out. Some good news filled in the, some of the very strangest times. It looks like the truth, just like it always does eventually sees the light of day the truth will set you free more of it barclay in for back today on a beck friday follow me at twitter and everywhere else at mr justin barclay the glenn back program Glenn back today on a Beck Friday. Now you're shopping, getting some things done. I'm coming to you from the beautiful and unseasonably warm, at least for this time of year, West Michigan, Grand Rapids, high atop downtown where the sun is shining, and it's always an honor, a privilege to be with you. We're going to tackle some big subjects coming up this hour. We'll check in with our folks down in Arizona, the latest in the election down there where they continue to count votes. We'll get that Latest Plus Talk ESG and FTX. All these acronyms, yeah, they seem pretty benign, but they really ought to be concerning what's happening with your money. We talk about it after this on the Glenn Beck Program. So all these acronyms uh, really sound pretty... They sound kind of, you know, I, I don't know, sort of out of touch. They just sound, uh, you know, that's simple, but I don't really know. What, the, what is ESG? What's an FTX? What are all these different things? We're going to talk about some of these things, but basically let me boil it down to this. It's your money, and it's how folks can control you and our country 
And FTX is a big crypto a company that has absolutely crumbled in the in the last oh, several weeks or so. Uh, the corruption has been exposed. The uh, things that were happening behind the scenes continue to come out. We're going to talk about some of those things, including ESG, uh, with a good friend from Michigan here, Congressman Bill Heisinger, Michigan's 4th District. He was just elected. Appreciate you being here with us, Congressman. How are you? Hey, Justin, good to be with you, and I hope you had a good turkey day. We were so close with the Lions yesterday. Oh, don't uh, even. That, don't was, even. <laughs> that was heartbreaking. Hey, while we're on heartbreaking issues like yeah. ESG and FTX, yeah. we might as well throw the Lions in on that one. Speaking of heartburn, uh, it's Barkley and Beck today, uh, and we are in Michigan, yes, and yeah, we, we had a little bit of the Lions. We were used to a bit of that. Um, but look, as you bring up a point, there are some heartbreaking issues. FTX, one of these crazier stories, and you're you're well positioned to talk about these things because of the committee that you're on, Congressman. But let's start with FTX and and what happened there. It appears now, I don't know. They paint this picture, and it certainly ought to be looked into. And hopefully, you'll get some oversight on this. But it appears now that uh, taxpayer money from Americans was sent over Ukraine. In some ways, Ukraine sent money to FTX, and then FTX, this cryptocurrency run by this guy that looks like he's homeless, he's got this crazy hair, this guy named Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, SBF, FTX, ESG, all these acronyms. Anyway, Sam Bankman-Fried then takes the money and he sends it off to all these Democrats and apparently is funding these, these campaigns. And, uh, you know, this, at the very least, looks like... A complete disaster. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, if Enron and Bertie Madoff had a baby, it would be named Sam Bankman Freed. Uh, mm. I mean, this is uh, bad business, but then clearly it looks like an emerging picture of just outright fraud. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned the money that uh, that that uh, SBF, as he's uh, referred to, uh, what he put into the political system it was thirty eight million dollars directly uh, into uh, primarily Democrat causes and super uh, uh, PACs. Yeah, that's right behind George Soros. He's the number two Democrat uh, donor behind George Soros. Uh, so uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of names emerge. Uh, the uh, you know there's been a little bit of a battle between uh, the agriculture sector, uh, which is uh, which is viewing crypto uh, as a commodity, and our uh, area, which uh, in the financial services realm. Uh, views it more as a security. So the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, led by Gary Gensler, has been trying to get in there. A number of others have, but you're you're going to be seeing some names emerge, including I believe some uh, a prominent senator from our home state of Michigan, who happened to be the chair of the Ag Committee, uh, who are very big beneficiaries from this. But uh, this is it's it's unfortunate because the technology that lies below. Uh, crypto, this blockchain technology, is the technology of the future. Uh, what what uh, what Sam Bankman-Fried did is set back any acceptance into that, and frankly, it's I think going to be a, a bigger call for more governmental uh, regulation uh, in a space that has been fighting to have as light a touch as possible. But you know, this is just outright fraud and would be illegal whether there was regulation or not. And, and speaking of which. 
you know, obviously these these uh, the corruption that looks like took place here. I mean, there are pictures of uh, video and whatnot of you know Congresswoman Maxine Waters blowing kisses to this guy, and there's lists of donors of folks who he do- donated to. I mean, these are these are stories that the people are going to continue to hear about. Hopefully, you get some oversight on this and break down and, and hold yeah. these people accountable. The next thing is ESG, and honestly, Glenn has touched on this uh, quite a bit. He's been fighting um, uh, this battle to tell people what's going on and how they, uh, they, they they can fight back. But ESG, if we can break this down, it's, it's, it's a scoring system that right now companies and financial institutions, and eventually uh, people are going to get scored on this too. They're already looking at some of these sort of um, pilot programs, you get so, sort of a new credit score. And the scoring system is all based on things that have really nothing to do with performance or it's all based on social, environmental, and then what governance. It's it's all in social justice and things like that. Can you break this down and and give people a little bit of a glimpse at what you're dealing with there? Yeah, and first and foremost, <clears throat> I do want to give a shout out to Glenn Beck for doing this as well. I found myself in the car during the campaign, driving around, listening to him yelling, yes, yes, as he was talking about it on radio, because yeah. uh, this is this is sort of that sneaky Pete issue that's been coming in that is going to have a massive impact on all of our lives. In fact, on Tuesday, the Department of Labor just came out and finalized a rule saying that pension funds, your 401ks and others, really don't have to be so worried about a return or materiality oh. anymore because they're now going to be able to uh, it, it factor in this environmental and social and governance uh, matrix wow. that, uh, as, as you point out, is, uh, is really all about control and about uh, how, we, uh, how we bend society and, and, and the economy uh, into the will of, uh, of the government. And, and, you know, the watchword in investing has always been materiality, 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 meaning uh, is this issue material to you as an investor? Uh, and uh, and uh, what, what the Securities and Exchange Commission has done now, uh, and now what the Department of Labor has done, has set all of that aside. And it really is more about the environment, but not just the environment. Uh, it's also diversity and inclusion, and, and that's the social and the governance side of this. And uh, this is this is going to be uh, huge, and, and it will literally, certainly in the short run, uh, have an impact on returns and investment. Uh, if you have people pulling out of energy companies, for example, yeah. who are having some uh, having some record returns, uh, you know this this could have a very uh, detrimental long term effect as well, which means you're going to have to work longer and, uh, and and before you can retire. If you're not getting the kind of return and the kind of uh, uh, you know benefit off of your investments. Congressman Bill Heisinger with us right now out of Michigan, and Congressman ESG, as you mentioned, will completely flip everything upside down uh, from meritocracy, merit-based. Hey, you're going to perform. You're 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 going to perform. We're going to see how well you do in the marketplace too. We really have our fingers on the levers and pulling the strings of every area of life. It's a way of centralizing control in a lot of ways. 
And this is very scary because this will cripple this country and particularly small businesses, the backbone of this, this nation, uh, because in order to do business with other businesses, you'll have to dance to whatever tune. I saw Biden wants to sit a yeah. billion dollars in reparations over the uh, climate. China's not getting involved in this, but you know, Oh, are you green? Is your business green? Are you socially? Are you, are you, is your rainbow flag flying outside your door? Are you doing all the, are you checking out all the boxes that you need to everything? You got to dance to through the jump through the hoops in order to get your score up. Cause otherwise if not suppliers won't deal with you cause their score will be affected and and this will crush the economy here in America and the, and the little guy. Yeah, by the way, FTX, going back to that first question, FTX had one of the highest ESG scores oh, out there. Of course, uh, <laughs> of course they did. It's, yes, of course it's they all did. a farce. Yeah, it is. It, that, that's, that's it, Justin. And let me give you a very specific example that I think everybody listening will uh, will be able to relate to. All right. Securities and Exchange Commission has said, you know, we have to be so worried about uh, the environment that we are going to not only require companies to report their scope one and scope two environmental emissions, which means uh, what what did they directly produce and what has uh, been been used uh, to deliver their products and that kind of thing, right? Totally makes sense for an energy company, a power company, something like that. They want what's called scope three. Now, the scope three is then all of the suppliers to those companies that are producing uh, this this energy or this uh, product. All right, so that doesn't even have to be energy. So here's the here's the specific example: Gerber Baby Food. Gerber Baby Food happens mm-hmm. to be headquartered in my current district in Fremont, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gerber is owned by Nestle, right? Big international corporation, publicly traded. So Nestle is going to be required if these rules go through to go not only to, uh, you know, their, their look at their own footprint, of, which could be de- literally delivery vehicles and all the other things that they have to do, but who then is taking their product out and delivering it to the stores? What is their environmental footprint? But, oh, wait, under scope three, you have to actually go back to the farmers who are producing the key, uh, the, the, the carrots and the peas and the, and the corn that go into the baby food jars to have them figure out what their environmental impact is, mm-hmm. uh, not just on their fuel use, but it could be their fertilizers, all those things. And as one of these guys said to me, uh, he said, uh, compliance department, you're looking at it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these are small, independent, right. family-owned farms mm-hmm. that are now suddenly getting caught up into this massive movement, and it's going to have a huge effect. Congressman Bill Heising, you mentioned, and this this is something that will dramatically transform life as you know it here in America if we don't stop it. What do you recommend? What can people do? I mean, does it work when people call their congressman? Yeah, it does. I mean, don't give up on that, (laughs) even if it's as hard-headed as they sometimes may feel like. That that does affect people. All right. And 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 the staff be reasonable, but talk to them. And you also need to be talking to your investment advisors. Right. Uh, Whether it's uh, whether you're in a I don't care if you're in a union pension. I don't care if it's a 401k or whether you're doing something independently. Mm -hmm. um, Talk to talk to your investment advisors to say, hey, how how can our voice and our message get uh, get through on this? Because it should be about return. 
how do you maximize return for that investment? Not just about uh, all, all this other stuff, the E, the S, and the G that, mm-hmm. uh, that the government's talking about. So people have got to have their voices be heard on this. And that's why I, I'm glad Glenn has been talking about this, because it needs to get volume. Both this one goes to 11, like crank it up, mm-hmm. but also the amount of communication that, uh, that policymakers uh, have in and 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 the uh, both the Department of Labor and the Securities and Exchange Commission have had comment periods, and so if people are really wonky and want to go in and do that, that's another way of getting their voice to be heard. Congressman Bill Hines, a good fight and a good fight. Appreciate you talking with us and taking some time today on the Glenbeck program. Justin, thanks. Appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. Talk to you soon. Yeah, folks, we continue the fight. What else can you do? Glenn's got a couple of tips. We'll get into that after this. Barclay in for Beck today on the Glenbeck program. Some of the things that Glenn has talked about when it comes to uh, ESG scores and how to fight back. Justin Barkley and for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. I, I agree with a, a lot of this. Um, we ha- First of all, is not. You have to make people aware. So you got to continue. When this podcast goes live and it will go up wherever you get your podcasts, the Glenn Beck program or glennbeck.com. Take it. Take a little piece of this. Share it with the friends, relatives, family. Make sure that they know. You got to make sure that folks are aware and that they understand what is at stake and what we're facing. Put your money in a local bank, Glenn Beck says. Why is that important? Well, all these other big banks, they're kind of really in line with each other. They want these ESG scores. It looks like they're pushing them in some ways or they're falling in line. But if your money is in a local bank or a local credit union, then you know where it is. You know what they're doing with it. You can have conversations. The truth, the answer is decentralization. Whether it comes to questions about election integrity, all elections, are they on the up and up or not? Well, the truth is, is that that's all about centralization of power. We got to get away from, you know, the the uh, the, the Washington, D.C. running things or some Bond villain lookalike out of Davos or somewhere else and get right back to where folks are making decisions in your own backyard not places and far off places and by people you'll never meet who have never met you and never been to where you live. This is all reasonable. This is all common sense. What we're talking about here. This is nothing new. You and I ought to have the opportunity to make decisions for ourselves and our families. Not that some other way around where somebody else looking down from their ivory tower shouting down at his peasants. That's not how it works. So put your money in a local bank. Like like chairs where everybody knows you walk in, you know the people behind the counter. Stop doing businesses with corporations that support ESG. And here's another piece of that. It's not just doing businesses with folks. Make sure you let them know that you intend to stop doing business. It because of their practices and how they support this ESG nonsense. And then uh, Congressman just mentioned it, but these pension funds or where your money is invested, have conversations with those people. The people that are doing the investing, all of you have conversations with you. You tell them you don't want your money in any of these funds or supporting any of this ESG nonsense. you got to get educated, though. We all have to. Listen, we're always in reactive mode. We've got to get ahead of it. 
and we've got to be proactive, there's still a chance to stop this stuff. But we've got to get in the ball game now. Listen, I just had uh, about a month, well, three weeks ago, our little baby girl, our second, was born. I got two daughters now. She's absolutely perfect. But our kids, it's for them and our grandkids. It's for their future. It's not just about how you and I are going to be able to live out our lives or, or retirement or whatever even any of that looks like down the road. It's about making sure that we leave them a country that even halfway resembles what this nation was and is. The greatness. The restoration. Oh, it's possible. But together, we must stand up. And we must fight. And we'll go down to Arizona where they're doing just that. Secretary of State candidate Mark Fincham is on the line. We're talking to him about the latest in Arizona after this. It's Barclay, Justin Barclay, and for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. What? the heck is happening in Arizona? Specifically Maricopa County. It's Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today in the Glenn Beck program. To answer that question, we decided to go straight to Arizona, straight to the source and see if we could figure this out. Here's one man who said that he's been voting for 30 years in Arizona and he just went to check the style of his ballot and, and they said he didn't vote. He can't figure it out. Hi, uh, I've been a resident of Arizona for 30 years. I've been a lifelong registered Republican. I voted in every election, primaries and regular. I voted on, uh, voted on Tuesday morning uh, at the polling place. Everything seemed to go fine. I go online and the Maricopa County Reporter's Office says I didn't vote. Yeah, uh, what? By the way, he's not the only one. There were so many issues in Maricopa County specifically, but all throughout the state. What the heck is going on there? Joining us right now is a candidate for Secretary of State in Arizona. Arizona State Rep. Mark Finch, appreciate you being here with us today. How are you, Mark? I'm good, Justin. Thank you for having me on the, on the show. Yeah, this is uh, Arizona has turned into a steaming garbage heap of an election. It's not just Maricopa County. In fact, uh, there's a video that came out uh, a couple of days ago of a poll, uh, an elections worker in Pima County with boxes of ballots that they're running through a tabulator. And it was the video was just starkly reminiscent of Georgia, Fulton County, where they kept swapping things back and forth and counting things over and over and over again. So, uh and then, of course, we've got Apache County where suddenly they have a significant increase in voters. Just they need to have more time to count votes. OK, this is one of the smaller counties in the state and they need more time than Maricopa County. Mm. Sure. Yeah, I'm not buying that one. So we've got a. We've Are got they a still counting, Mark? Here. Are they still counting in, in the in different counties in Arizona? Um, last I knew. There are a couple of counties that are still counting what are called provisional ballots. Those are ballots okay. where somebody said, I, I haven't voted yet, but the polls say they have. I mean, we've got, there's so many different 
uh, elements to this that it it would take two hours to explain it to you. Yeah. So I'll try and be really brief. <laughs> no, um, I, I understand. So the piece that you just played, we have hundreds of people yeah. who are making the same assertion. I've so seen. to your listeners, if you are an Arizona voter and you are being told that you didn't vote, you go up and you can check most of the counties. You can go up and check to make sure that your ballot has been received and counted. Um, if, if you're one of those people like this gentleman that you just paid, played the clip of, I need to hear from you because that is a violation of HAVA, which is the Help America Vote Act. And that is a clear disenfranchisement of a voter. Yeah. And I, I would love to hear from you uh, at mark at com because we probably will be helping people get connected with an attorney that can file a class action lawsuit for that. Mark, what about what? these people who went on election day and were told that their vote, you know, uh, well, it didn't go through the machine or they were told to go somewhere else or they just waited in line hours. I mean, on election day, these issues, uh, some of the things that I've seen and heard in the videos, I mean, it's just, I can't imagine that in America, somebody told me earlier, you know, Ryan Seacrest can count 12 million votes on American Isle during the commercial break, but we can't get it together to get these votes counted on election day like this. It's either just complete incompetence like we've never seen on a scale ever before in the history of this country, or it's intentional, and neither one well, is good. Let me lay out the theory of the case for you, Justin. There were no problems with early voting. So we actually have election month, not election day here, which that in itself is a massive problem. But people, uh, you know, vote by mail has become ensconced in Arizona. In fact, 80% of the voting I used to vote by mail did for, I think, 20-some elections until I realized that the chain of custody for the ballots is broken the minute I let go of it, and mm -hmm. it goes to somebody else other than an election official. So, and of course, the Guardian wanted to make a big deal out of that. It's like, hey, only an imbecile would continue to do something that they realize is a problem. But we've got all of the early voting. They had zero problems with tabulation of those ballots. Now, keep in mind, that is predominantly Democrat voters. Most Republican voters vote the day of the election. They go to the polls and whether they have a mail-in ballot or they go to the polls and they get an on-demand printed ballot, most Republicans go to the polls. Suddenly, on election day, the tabulation equipment goes down. It's either not working, it's not recording votes. Uh, I've talked to some people that had to put their ballot in two different machines as many as 15, 20 times. And finally, they were told, oh, you're going to have to put it in drawer, drawer three and we'll count it later. Ugh. Well, keep in mind, that creates a queue of people that are waiting three, four, five hours to vote. And finally, you know, folks are just like, I, I can't wait anymore. I got to go back to work or <clears throat> whatever their issue. So we know that there are tens of thousands because this happened at 60 some percent of the voting centers. And it cropped its head up at like 8.30 in the morning. How do you open the polls at 7 o'clock in the morning, and at 8.30 you've run out of toner for the printers? It's it's unthinkable. That's, that's massive incompetence, at least. But I think there is growing evidence that this was a planned event. And, I, yeah, I'm going to say it. I think that this, this whole thing was planned to suppress the, quote, MAGA vote, you know, make America great again. I don't know why people have a problem with that. Even Republicans here in the state of Arizona have a problem with that. In fact, 
Stephen Richter, the Maricopa County recorder, a Republican, allegedly. Bill Gates, Maricopa County supervisor in charge of elections, a Republican, or so he claims. Both of them formed a PAC in 2021 to see to it that, quote, MAGA candidates were hampered from making it through the election. Tell me that there isn't some kind of bias, <laughs> that there isn't a thumb on the scale of election fairness there. I don't understand but, that. To it. And I can't understand how Katie Hobbs is allowed to, to run this election uh, in, in which she's she's competing for governor. I mean, it's 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 exactly. Well, and many of the things that were reported, she should have been all over. Instead, she was silent. Now, I've, I've got I, I can't confirm this, but I'm told through the grapevine that her staff has been scrambling to put together a transition team because they had no idea that they would win. <laughs> okay, so there's some things, some anomalies in this that it's certain, guaranteed certain, that this was a, uh, a fraud of an election and we will be going to court and we have to wait until the case is what they call ripe. So until Maricopa County and some of the other counties certify their election, we can't go to court because the best we could do is a stay to keep them from counting and and certifying the election. Well, all that does is make this a very protracted thing. So we want them to certify because then we can go into court and say, okay, you've certified an uncertifiable election. The election in Maricopa County is irredeemably compromised mm. because of the disenfranchisement of tens of thousands of voters. And we don't even know how many people, because think about this. You, you send your ballot to the county and you expect that they're going to do what they're charged to do. The fact that the gentleman you played at the opening of this segment just happened to go up and take a look, how many... How many people don't even think to go do that? They just trusted that the government did its job. Mm. So I'm very concerned about this. And, you know, if you've got an Arizona voter listening to this thing, they need to validate whether or not their ballot was received and counted. That's probably the biggest piece of advice I can give folks right now. And if it wasn't, if you mailed one in or you went in person and you're record, particularly in Maricopa County, is not showing that you cast a, a vote, we need to hear from you because you can be part of a class action suit. Mark, how can folks stay in touch with you or find out uh, more about what's happening in Arizona, particularly stay plugged in on this? Uh, there's a couple of ways. One, they can go to votefincham.com. That's V-O-T-E-F like Frank, I-N like Nancy, C-H-E-M like Mark.com. If they click on the news tab, um, we try, we're trying to curate all of the news that's coming in, but there are so many developments that are going fast and furious. The other thing they can do, um, obviously listen to this program, uh, but check out Gateway Pundit and Western Journal. Those are two organizations that are covering this like ugly on an ape. So, uh, and the, the, the legacy media, they're not going to cover this because they're perfectly happy with the idea that Arizona is a, quote, allegedly blue state. I'm here to tell you it's not. And what has happened here is a terrible assault on, on suffrage. The other thing folks can do if they want to contact me directly, they can just send an email to mark at, that's M-A-R-K, at votefincham.com. Um, now, we are trying to raise money for litigation, so there's a donate button on that website if people want to help us out. 
um, we would appreciate it. But Arizona is ground zero for turning the tide on election fraud. And that's what this is. It's a massive fraud. I cannot believe that this was unintentional. Either way, uh, it's not a pretty picture. Uh, Intentional or irresponsible i don't know the best word for it it's uh it's something mark thank you so much for taking the time to join us the secretary of state candidate in arizona mark fitcham the uh, arizona state rep thank you my friend thank you justin have a great day you too god bless folks uh <laughs> i uh i gotta i gotta tell you it's stuff like this that is continually for the, especially for the election denier crowd Nobody's denying their election. I don't know that you could call this an election, although at this point, nobody's denying their election. But, boy, we got some questions. And you know what? In Arizona, they got some splaining to do, don't they? Particularly in Maricopa County. Uh, more splaining from folks like Fauci coming up in just a bit. We'll take a quick break, and we're back on the Glenn Beck program after this. It's Barclay in for Beck. Stand up! This is the Glenn Beck program. So much, so much to get through. Never enough time uh, filling in for Glenn Beck today in the Glenn Beck program. It's Justin Barkley. Appreciate you being here today on a Beck Friday. Justin Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y, JustinBarkley.com. Love to stay in touch with you. But before we get out of here, uh, there are some Tony Fauci pieces. There's some Fauci news, and I like to call this a Rona report. And a little bad medicine, but Fauci, before everything kicked off in the Thanksgiving festivities, he held, I don't know if you saw this, it was the last big hurrah at the White House, the last big press conference, and uh, he, he was again, yeah, I had to, I saw this news trending the other day, and I had to check the date. Wait a minute, is this real? Is this new? No, he was telling people that she Go get tested and boosted and mask 2022 for Thanksgiving. First of all, everybody should be vaccinated and boosted with flu and with COVID. Whether or not you wear a mask or another thing we shouldn't underestimate is testing. So when we're gathering at a family gathering for Thanksgiving or for Christmas or for any other holiday as we get into the winter, it makes sense that you might want to get a test that day before you come into a place test you might want to go get a this is just you might want to go get a test before you come in you know to meet your family and have the thanksgiving and eat the turkey yeah i'm not the only turkey this year ah. don't forget as we say farewell fauci you're fired and don't forget as we say farewell to fauci that the man once said I am the science. And by the way, how about the Rona report from the high priest of health, St. Anthony of Wuhan, telling people that you're going to you got to go out and get jabbed because if you don't get your 17th booster or whatever they're on now, now listen, whatever you choose to do is your thing. But if you don't get the 17th booster, well that you're you're the real danger. In fact, if you haven't been boosted or jabbed at all, you're the real problem, he said in Unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at this, 
Vaccinated Americans, a headline from Fox News, a majority of COVID deaths for the first time in August. 58% of COVID deaths were jabbed. The number is still climbing. China has record COVID numbers in a country. They had a zero COVID policy. Zero COVID. Many of the people there the never even been exposed. They've never even been exposed to it. So who knows? What happens there? And I've been following uh, Eric Schmidt. If, if you haven't seen on uh, on Twitter, he's, he's been tweeting some great things. Uh, one thing in particular he just tweeted was Fauci, Saki, and the rest of them. They all had to be deposed the other day for this, this lawsuit, the attorneys general from several states. Fauci deposition tidbit. In February 20, he emailed a friend advising her masks were ineffective. Confirmed again on March 31st. Then on April 3rd, he's adamant masks should be worn. Even though he couldn't cite a single study to prove it. Mandates followed, lives ruined, he said. But the good news, Fauci is done. Gone. Fired. Follow me for more good news. I've got a good news letter. I'd love to send you things that uh, may put a smile on your face and keep up with you after all. JustinBarclay.com, B-A-R. C-L-A-Y for my good newsletter and also at Mr. Justin Barkley all the social media places. It's always a pleasure and an honor to be asked to fill in for Glenn in the big chair. Make it a great weekend and God bless. The Glenn Back Program.